G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, one of the things I love about a Tuesday is our opportunity to catch up with Ron Ross, who's been monitoring the breaking news headlines that come out of the Middle East and Israel. Uh, Those things have been happening overnight, Ron, significant things happening in the Middle East, significant things happening in Israel. Uh, Welcome along to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Ron, let's start with churches around the world ringing their bells for thousands killed in Aleppo. Yeah, that's what's going on. According to Christian Today, more than 500 churches are participating in a campaign called Bells for Aleppo. Around 275,000 people are reportedly still trapped in Aleppo as fighting continues between the Syrian government and the rebel forces and thousands have lost their lives in the conflict. Many have been buried under rubble from bombings. Lutheran Kalio Church in Helsinki, Finland, began the program on October 12. After reading the news that day of Aleppo, we decided to ring funeral bells at 5 p.m. to remember the deaths. First, I just asked a few churches to join us, said the vicar. Among 500 churches have now joined the Finnish church, and the the churches come from Britain, America, and Australia, and many other countries all over Europe. We're all seeing the devastating events in Aleppo, but at the same time we feel powerless to help because of the complexity of the situation. With the bells, we want to make our voices heard and give hope for a better future, the vicar said. Well, it's one way, isn't it, that churches can stand in solidarity with those in Aleppo, in Syria, and the challenging situation there. But, Ron, uh, the big focus of the world's media is now on northern Iraq and the Mosul offensive. There's some fierce fighting that's underway for the key town of Bashika. Yeah, Kurdish forces taking part in the offensive to retake the Iraqi city of Mosul from Islamic State militants are besieging the key town to the northeast. Peshmerga fighters have surrounded Bashika, which lies on a crucial supply route 12 kilometres from Mosul, and they're preparing to launch a full assault. But the threat of suicide bomb attacks means they're advancing with great caution. A counter-terrorism service... Uh, commander also said its troops had gained ground around Batella, 10 kilometres to the south. Abdul Wahab al-Sadi told the BBC they had stormed the villages of Kazna, Kaznataba and Tobzawa. The BBC's Richard Galpin in Herbal says that if they do succeed in retaking Bashika, it would give the Peshmerga a clear run to northeastern Mosul with no other towns or villages lying in between. About 30 personnel are involved in the offensive to retake Mosul, and that offensive began just a week ago. And there's plenty more to monitor, and we'll be doing that with Vision National News. 
Ron, let's talk about the often uneasy relationship between Christians and Jews, a long history and some dark segments of that history that don't go away. Uh, But leaders of the World Jewish Congress have thanked evangelical Christians for standing with the Jewish people. Yeah, that was during the Feast of Tabernacles. In a video message screened at Jerusalem Pius Arena, World Jewish Congress President Ronald Lauder thanked the 4,000-strong audience for standing with the Jewish people, for standing with the Jewish State of Israel, and for standing up against the outrageous lies of the BDS movement. Making reference to the recent decision by UNESCO, Lauder went on to say, a long time ago, God made a promise to the Jewish people. God gave them this land. God took Moses up to the heights of the Judean hills and showed him the land from top to bottom, north to south, east to west. How do we know this? Because we read it in the Bible. It's all right there in Deuteronomy. But it's a great encouragement to have the Jewish people recognize the support of their Christian brethren. Ron, this week I've got a special focus, a number of interviews this week talking about biblical archaeology. Well, an exciting breakthrough where scientists have located the site where the Roman army breached the walls of Jerusalem. Yeah, and that was long before you and I were born. It happened in AD 70. Uh, That's it. (laughs) You're not that old, are you? (laughs) No, and neither are you. No. Recent excavations revealed a section of the so-called Third Wall of Jerusalem that Titus' army breached on its way to conquering the city, according to the Israel Antiquities Authority. Outside the wall, the archaeologists found that the ground was littered with large ballista stones, they are stones used as projectiles with the type of crossbow, and sling stones suggesting that this is the area that had been under heavy fire from Roman siege engines. These archaeological remains were unearthed last winter at the site where the campus of Bezalel Academy of Arts and Design is to be built in an area of the city that is known as the Russian compound. And may I add, in the Russian compound, wonderful restaurants. Well, uh, that's a nice way to think about uh, the history there, uh, whether you enjoyed the good food when you were visiting. And I'm sure that's the way we often remember a lot of our uh, tourist destinations and places that hold some special significance in our own hearts. Well, it was a frequent location for my wife and I when we lived in Jerusalem. It was just a walk down the road. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Ron, yesterday, news that the Jews celebrated Shimchat Torah, a most joyous celebration of their beloved Bible, the Torah. This is the most fantastic celebration. It celebrates the Bible reading that the Jewish people have done all year round. It marks the end of the annual cycle of public Torah readings and the beginning of a new cycle, and it follows very closely after Sukkot, Simchat Torah is a Jewish holiday that's just amazing. It's rejoicing with the Torah. And what is very exciting about it is the congregations from the synagogues come out into the streets and dance with their Torah scrolls. It's such a wonderful thing to see. Uh, It takes me back to the scripture that says we're not ashamed of the gospel. 
and certainly the Jewish people at Simkat Torah come out very publicly and rejoice in the word of God that they received in the Torah. And always an inspiration too when we think of the rituals, the celebrations, those things that have happened in the life of the Jewish people that have actually formed the culture of the nation and shaped it in the way that God had intended. Uh, Significant things that happen when you hear about those feasts, those celebrations, those rituals that uh, the Jewish people have and that they continue today. Uh, Ron, always good getting your insights. Thanks so much for joining us again today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.